What's going on, everyone? This is the Dapper Villains Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Bluen, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Jay Suchdave. Jay, what is going on? I am very good, brother. How are you doing, man? Not bad, man. It's a crazy, crazy Tuesday for me. How about you? Very busy, but um, it's raining outside, but we got we got some fucks to give, let's yeah, say. Yeah, well, I have no yeah. fucks to give, and we'll find out yeah. why in a second. <laughs> Before we jump into it with our awesome guests, though, do not forget to subscribe iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, anywhere you find podcasts, we're there. Be sure to check the YouTube channel and Facebook page as well. We've got some unique content coming there, and we'll get into that more in a future episodes. However, for now, I would like to welcome our guest, the very famous, uh, worldwide, world-renowned vocalist, ukulele player, Thomas Benjamin Wild Esquire. Sir, welcome Hello. to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Now, I first, I first found out about you and became an instant fan. There was a video of you playing this marvelous song inside a suit shop. It looked very much like a haberdashery or a clothier. And you're, you're dressed in a very fine, I believe, a brown three-piece, playing a ukulele banjo, singing, I have no more fucks to give. The most epic song yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> How did that video come, come about? And did you expect it to go so viral? Well, um, so there's a, there's a story to that. Um, uh, I'd recorded an album. I've been kind of performing for kind of quite a few years now mm -hmm. um, under, the, under the name Thomas Benjamin Wilder Squire. Um, and I recorded an album with a colleague of mine at work because I work in a further education college over the summer we have run of the recording studios and that kind of thing. So we recorded an album and then that November, I think it was November, 2018, um, we released the album and I wanted to do an album launch for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and my partner, who's a bit of a social media expert, um, we were having discussions about kind of what we could do for it. Um, we thought about kind of going and playing it in a pub or a club or something like that. But then the thought was actually we'd need to then pack it out to give it some kind of atmosphere mm. to make it feel like it was buzzing and that kind of thing. Um, but actually um, she then suggested that it might be a good idea to ask our friends who run the suit shop, um, Boyd's of Bedford, um, who within Boyd's of Bedford is something called the vintage suit hire company. Mm. And they, um, they kind of loan out uh, suits to people for weddings and that kind of thing. I started wearing some of their suits while I was performing um, to give them a bit of promotion. Mm -hmm. um, and actually we just thought it's a great size shop. You can fit kind of five, 10 people in there and it'll feel like there's kind of a big atmosphere in there. Yeah. Um, so there's about kind of four, about seven people who are watching it. And we decided that we would live stream it at the same time. Um, so we did a live stream from, uh, from her iPhone. Um, and then at the side, I just, kind of placed uh, another video camera to record it so I could chop up the video of it mm. um, uh, and and kind of release the video separately up on YouTube and that kind of thing. Um, I didn't really think about the camera placement at all. I just kind of plonked it there. It looked all right. I set it recording, press record on there. Um, and so, yeah, so that's how it ended up being in a suit shop. We happened to have some friends who ran a suit shop. We thought it was a good bit of cross-promotion. Mm. Um, and they were, they, they were fairly new um, it was fairly new for them being in, in the town centre um, and they wanted to kind of promote they were there. Um, so we kind of thought a good bit of kind of cross-promotion might be a good idea. Um, and so that video went up in the January. Um, I think it was the 2nd of January, 3rd of January or something like that. 
Mm. Um, it was up for about two weeks and it had about 2,000 views on it. And I got rather excited because <laughs> that was a lot for me. <laughs> and I was about to put another video up from the set. And my partner just said, just, just hold on for another couple of days. Just leave it for another couple of days. I don't know what happened at that point, but it then just kind of seemed to explode. And overnight, it was kind of um, going up and up and up. The views were going up. Um, and then the highlight of that was when Amanda Palmer shared it as well. Um, and that was quite exciting. Um, but yeah, then it just went a bit crazy. Um, and luckily, the album had come out as well. So actually, I'd kind of benefited from that. Um, it just happened to kind of have everything in the right place at the right time. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a crazy year last year. Particularly yeah. kind of from, from January up until about June. Hmm. Um, it was absolutely insane. Did any of the students recognize you now? Like when they see you on campus, like, hey, well, no this more is the thing. <laughs> well, the, the funniest thing was, was one of my students kind of, I was getting excited about having um, 2 million views on, on Facebook. <laughs> and one of my students' first thing was, it's not YouTube though, is it? <laughs> it doesn't really count unless it's YouTube. But I was like, yeah, because actually on Facebook, they only need to watch it for three seconds to get yeah. a view or something. And it auto-plays. Yeah, YouTube. They have to. It has to be kind of at least thirty seconds. I think it is. Yeah. Um, and then, but on it, YouTube right now, you got five point eight million views. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, kind of various. So tell your students uh, to suck that. <laughs> I think they were quite impressed after that point. I think they were quite. Impressed <laughs> okay. Do they, do they after... pay more attention in classes? <laughs> no, not really. Because no. this is the thing. Actually, it doesn't matter who you. As long, if your classes aren't engaging, then actually what's quite nice um and the reason i've continued working at the college is that um it's quite grounding because teenagers don't care you know yeah. they might be kind of mildly impressed at one point and then they'll go yeah well yeah, you know it's that dude it's that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> were you a good student when you were when you were in school oh, i wasn't a, that was not horrendous i wasn't brilliant um i got through my kind of courses i got through them I came out with a 2-2 degree, which meant I had fun and come out with a degree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't the best student in the world. Um, I mean, somebody somebody can get good grades, but still be a pain in the ass for the professors. Yeah. And, I mean, I was, I, I was a pain in the ass to, to some of my teachers at school. Did I would you say. get your some of them karma served as a yeah, professor? Definitely. definitely, definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at at kind of the students that I teach now and uh, and kind of rolling my eyes and going this is this is karma for I just remember the time that my teacher had to lock me in an office to make me do an essay at the end of the year um wouldn't be able to do that anymore I couldn't do that for my students but definitely yeah. back when I was a student um yeah I, I've had some students that really they push your buttons I get it and uh, in what you're saying is right like teenagers they don't care like yeah, whatever buddy but that's yeah, quite, I'm sorry. Quite, it was I, that that's one what time. I like about it. That's what I quite like about kind of. Yeah, um, it is nice about um, teaching it. teenagers. I did. It, just, um, I was teaching. You have a, to check a, yourself so much. Actually, when I was a, uh, I was in my when I was doing a PhD and I was a student teacher. I interviewed or um, a instructor as part of my uh, program. I I had been doing a podcast in Malaysia and I had done an interview with a. Uh, high-ranking government official that I was all impressed by the fact that I got this interview <laughs> and uh, my student was like my students were like who yeah like I, like I don't, yeah. I don't really care just go away exactly that exactly that and it's like <laughs> so you know one but of the things I yeah, thought it was, kind of keeps you level it does keep you level very much 
And uh, so I, I can see where like when you have this sort of exposure and you blow up real quick and you have like to me, which what is a very cool song. I've listened to a lot of your other music. I really like it. And uh, I, I like you, the way you play with lyrics and the way you play with the words and you have so much fun. Um, but the style that goes along with it, the fact that you were in the suit shop is really what spoke to me. The suit you were wearing, it, like I said, I think it was brown, wasn't it? The suit you wore in the video? Yeah, it was a, it was a brown tweed suit. Yeah, and um, it's just, it was so like, everything about it was just like the perfect sort of juxtaposition of everything you expect to see in this yeah. video. And it was just epic on another level. You know, were you oh, thank always- you very much. Were you always considering putting the style into the music and sort of playing off a character? Um, so going back to kind of school, I, I, when I was at school, I, I played the trombone. Mm. Um, and then in my teenage years, decided I was too punk rock for that. Um, <laughs> and then decided to join a punk band. Um, and we played kind of various. Then ska punk happened, but I couldn't play the trombone anymore, so I couldn't join any of those bands. Um, <laughs> I spent a long time trying to, because I have a background of kind of musical theatre and kind of singing in choirs and playing in kind of uh, brass bands and that kind of thing, as well as a more kind of punk rock, rock and roll side as well, which I kind of tried to run down those kind of pathways at the same time. Mm. Um, so while I was playing in my punk band, I was also um, a member of our local youth opera and kind of doing performances of Mozart and all of those kind of things. Nice. Wow. Um, so then probably when, when we, I lived down, moved down to Brighton from Bedford for a couple of years, um, where it's kind of, they're very stylish down in Brighton. And then we came back and that year um, we went to something called Twinwood Festival, which is a big kind of, um, used to be the Glenn Miller Festival. Um, it's the it's the oh. place where Glenn Miller, the band leader, was last seen alive. He took off from Twinwood Arena or from the Twinwood okay. Airbase, and then was lost over the English Channel. That kind of thing. So they do a big thing up in Bedfordshire, just around the corner from where we are. And we've been going to that for well since twenty two thousand and seven is when we started going to that. Um, and actually, that's really where I started noticing kind of the the, the dress up kind of proper suits and things like that. Um, and where I started at the age of about 27, started aspiring to, to be able to own that kind of suit and that kind of, I couldn't afford it back then. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely an aspirational thing. Um, and then eventually my, my partner does social media. Um, and also she makes, um, uh, she's a milliner, so she makes headwear, mm. uh, women's headwear. Um, she got involved with Twinwood Festival doing online marketing for them, um, and then I started hosting on a stage there was very much about kind of then dressing up. And mm. I started off hosting before I started doing the music that I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. um, the first host, hosting gig I got given was something called Hedner's Vintage Nightclub, um, which is in a town called Milton Keynes. Um, it was by accident, really. They asked me to do it. They knew I had a theatre background um, and their, their regular um, host had, had ducked out last minute and so I kind of went on and exhausted all the jokes that I had um, <laughs> on that first night and they asked me to come back the next time and I didn't have any extra jokes so I thought actually I'll just play some songs um, and ukulele looked far funnier on me than a guitar would um, yeah. because I'm quite a big chap I'm six foot three um, and it just it was kind of a cheap laugh really playing mm. some songs on the ukulele um, and it went from there 
Um, but definitely with that act, the soup and the dressing up has always been a, a part of that. Um, I've just got better at it as I've gone along because <laughs> it started off with charity shop suits and kind of you know, thrift store suits and kind of yeah. secondhand wear and that kind of thing. Um, and now I'm kind of able to to afford um, more more kind of high profile, high kind of high quality um, clothes. Nice. And uh, then during the ten questions section, it would be really interesting to see your yeah. answers for those <laughs> questions. For sure. Yeah, I've I've been having a think. I've definitely been having a think. What do you mean? We never send the questions. Yeah, together. no, no, we, we <laughs> don't even know about these questions. Never this is the first it. time you No, I don't know anything about, about them. I don't know anything <laughs> no, about no, them. This show is live. What size Ook do you play? <laughs> What's sorry? What size Ook do you play? Um, I, I I I've got a soprano. Um, you, but I, I generally play a concert because. Okay. Um, my concert ukuleles have got um, a power kind of connection okay, on them. Up, yeah. And rather than trying to kind of rip strip myself playing into a microphone, which I have done in the past, it's a lot easier just being able to plug directly in. And now I've, I've got, got a, a wireless concert connection. and a tenor. And uh, I think okay. I got the concert back here and then my tenor is over on the floor. But uh, I can't really play the concert. My fingers are too fat. Yeah. My, my, um, oh, sorry, my, not a I soprano got, and a tenor. I have a soprano and a tenor. I got, um, I actually got a longer neck soprano for, for kind of playing with as well. Um, so it's kind of an extended neck, but it's still the same size. Um, but I find a soprano just to pick up and just to play around on and work stuff out. Um, I've got one hanging up by our sofa downstairs. So when I come up with ideas, it's just great to be able to grab it off the wall and just have a bit of a play on it. Although it does keep falling off the wall and I'm worried that it's the first ukulele I've ever owned. I worry it's going to break at some point because it keeps falling off. I only the wall. know like six chords and like two strumming patterns, <laughs> so I, I don't, I'm not working things out. <laughs> it's it's all you really need, actually. The secret is barring is learning how to bar all of those chords because then you can play any chord. Yeah, um, you just kind of have the same kind of finger pattern but bar it up. Okay. Um, on the on the neck. That's a look into yeah. that. <laughs> we, you know, I really like the. So, what? Where'd the Esquire come from in the name? Like, because in, in America. Where I'm from, the US, Jay's native to the uh, the cock, but um, I'm Mexican. But <laughs> some some people do think he's Latino. They're like, who's that like Latino guy you do the show with? <laughs> I do like tacos, so if that uh, is part of it, and I love Colombian women, so yeah, well, who does? Let me be Latino. Let who me doesn't? let me dream about me. Yeah, but you know, in America, Esquire is uh, like for attorneys. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. This is this kind of cause confusion. Yeah. When I when I started doing, I'll be honest with you, Esquire um, in the UK is um, it's a it's a name for kind of the landed gentry who are not knights. So it's kind of higher than a gentleman, mm -hmm. but not a sir, if that makes sense. Nice. So kind of educated people is, so. at the end of letters and things like that. Esquire was okay. kind of a thing in the kind of mid century. Um, now it's also the name of our or kind of my local music venue as well. Mm. Um, Bedford Esquires has been somewhere I've been going since I was 14 um, and actually they are you know it's where I've been kind of grown up learning about music really mm. um, seeing all the kind of bands coming through there before they've got big um, but I chose the Esquire literally on the spare of the moment the first night I was hosting mm. um, I needed to come up with a, a stage name and announce myself um, and my name is Tom Benjamin Wild. Thomas okay. sounded better than Tom. Um, and Esquire just sounded quite nice on the end of it. 
Um, so it was literally a spare of the moment decision I made um, before I went and announced myself on stage. So is it just um, so, enough of a difference to let you sort of feel like you're playing a character when you're exactly, performing? exactly that, exactly that. Um, but yeah, lots of people think that I'm, a, I'm an attorney. Um, <laughs> I have to, I have to tell now, them what, it's not the case. Now, how would you classify the type of music you play? I'm often asked to um, to do that. I, I, I don't know. Um, it's somewhere between ragtime and skiffle, I guess. Okay. Um, but I, I don't know. It's definitely based on songs from kind of, you know, a, a 20s, 30s aesthetic or kind of, you know, sound. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, some of the new stuff that I'm playing around with is going to be some more electro swing stuff within it as well, hopefully. Nice. Um, wow. So it's, I, I, I just write funny songs. I think yeah, is the, uh, is the thing. I've always just been seen myself as a as a songwriter, a lyricist, um, primarily, and a singer and a lyricist, um, ukulele player. I can I can accompany myself singing. I think is a thing. <laughs> I've I've often attempted to kind of get really good at soloing and doing kind of all these kind of brilliant hand movements and kind of strum strokes and things like that. Um, I'm getting there, but I'm not quite there yet. But definitely it is kind of um, it's it's the lyrics more than anything else. Um, yeah, and definitely. the music tends to just kind of support those a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it's funny I've, that you mentioned. I first, um, sorry, Dan. Uh, I, I first heard about um, your song when we were doing this kind of like a weekend episode, and uh, we were sharing the top thirty songs that are most <laughs> uh, meaningful to our lives and stuff. And uh, first week was mine, second week was Dana, and uh, uh, this because it's YouTube, we cannot play the songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were just browsing through from the album cover. And uh, when your song came up as his top 30, I was like, wait, wait a minute. Who is this guy? Uh, he's got like a beautiful suit on and a tiny little banjo. And the track is called No More Fucks to Give. I'm like this guy is a legend. And uh, we we got you on the show. So yeah. How, how, how did you get, how did you come up with that track? No more fucks um, I'll be honest, it was the easiest song I've ever written. Uh, normally I kind of go through um, a process of, I come up with a, a a tagline generally. I'll kind of be walking along and I'll think, oh, that that's a thing. And then I'll, 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 there'll be some kind of hook line that comes from that. Um, I came, it came off the back of a work meeting I was in one time, just a, one of those kind of really frustrating meetings where nothing gets done. Um, everyone sits around kind of getting annoyed with each other. I'm quite outspoken in meetings as well. Um, and I was just getting very, very frustrated. And I went home and the lyrics just kind of seemed to come out. You have another um, song called, uh, this could have been an email. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, a lot of this is, uh, <laughs> uh, could you really not just put this in an email? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that started off as, oh God, pointless work meetings or kind of meetings that could have been emails. Yeah. Um, and then that hook kind of just comes off the back of that. So generally it will come, it will be a, a little niggle or a frustration that then turns into kind of a hook line and then builds around that. And that yeah, tends to be It's very punk how rock I, too. Yeah. Like it's funny that you said like you're into punk rock because one of the things I was thinking before too is when I watched the, the video in the suit shop, uh, a lot of the girls like uh, who were sitting in front and had tattoos, they were drinking beers. Yeah. I was like, this, this is kind of punk rocky. <laughs> There's definitely that influence in there. Definitely that influence in there. I, when I was a teenager, I was very much into kind of um, um, 70s punk and, and 80s new wave mm. music. 
um, as well as kind of bands like um, Rancid and The Offspring and, and all of those kind of things as well. You know what's um, crazy what's... about that? From a from a dapper villain's perspective, Jay had brought on the show uh, an author named Natty Adams who wrote a book okay. called uh, I Am Dandy. And uh, he is really into punk rock and like the whole subculture <laughs> of punk rock. But he's also into like this whole subculture of dandyism. And I, sure, I think there is like... a bit of a crossover. I think there is a bit of a crossover. And yeah, I think actually, it seems to be where old punks are going. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking where about old Jay... punks go to retire. <laughs> Jay, you said he wore a Ramon shirt at Pitiumo? He wore a what, oh. sorry? Yeah, I think he, Jay was saying, Jay, did you say that uh, Natty Adams wore a Ramon shirt to Pitiumo? And then What's Waco sorry, copied him? No. Oh, oh no! He was talking about um, the fact that you know he started the band wearing the band T-shirts inside a suit, yeah. And uh, then a lot of people uh, did that, and uh, uh, became a became a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a very punk rock thing with the with the dandyism, you know. And I I, I kind of got that vibe from the uh, the suit shop, and I was like, oh, that's kind of you know that is cool. When you said it, it was like reminding me like. You know, these girls drinking beers with tattoos, a guy playing a ukulele, banjo, singing about no fucks to give. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of, the thing is, I, I'm also aware I'm very middle class and um, mm. um, I, punk rock comes very much from kind of anger, a kind of a subcultural kind of anger yeah. um, within the 70s and that kind of thing. And I don't necessarily have those same experiences. The things that make me angry and wind me up are things like emails and work meetings. So it's <laughs> I'm looking at your punk. first comment on the on the video, and uh, it says you actually like this one as well. It says I want this song played at my funeral. And now that I think about it, I do want that song played at my <laughs> funeral. It because... has been it has been played at funerals. I got a, an email from a guy asking permission to to put it on and play the video, and so I was like. To kind of be able to put the video in his dad's funeral because it was the last video that his dad had shared before he died. Oh, wow. um, so I've had kind of various emails like that from people. Somebody else used it to quit their job as well. So they sent me the screenshot oh, wow. of him. He kind of did a a kind of um, a, a Skype meeting or something like that. Where he can, can I put this put song in Dana's funeral, please? <laughs> <laughs> Very soon. It's so sad he won't make it so long, but I really want your permission live and recorded. <laughs> You can you can play it at whatever funeral you like. I don't mind. <laughs> it's a funeral free license. Thank you. Yeah, so I it's, I can see that like quitting the job with that song. That it's the perfect song to right? quit the job. <laughs> but when I saw but then on the, on the on the other side of that, I've had people kind of from um, I, I had a a a pastor from Ohio emailed me to tell me he fucking loved it as well it's <laughs> <laughs> not a very ohio kind of... thing <laughs> i lived in ohio before i moved to thailand <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it seems there seems to be kind of it seems to it, it, it i think it caught a zeitgeist back at the beginning yeah. of last year um, you said you're, you're working on your new album will have more electronic uh, kind of stuff i'm doing some projects at the moment we're and doing some collaborations at the moment which mm. you kind of uh keep an eye out for um i've got one coming up in a couple of weeks um i'm not going to say too much about it but uh, okay. it's going to be good fun and then another one coming up with um a chap who i've, I've performed with quite a lot he does kind of a lot of electro swing stuff so we'll see how that goes yeah. and then that might be kind of a an avenue that we might go down 
Were, were you further be, explore evolving that. the style of the character as well as you develop the different styles of music? I don't know. I, don't, I think, I think, I think, um, I think my songs will always kind of be very kind of um, much kind of how I play them. I, mm. I, I, I tend to kind of put a bass line down, a ukulele and a bit of a drum track, um, maybe a piano, but that's generally as far as it goes with stuff. But I'm kind of looking at options of being able to kind of pass it on to other, passings on to other people and, and, and mm. seeing where that goes. I do a lot of um, steampunk events. Oh, nice. Um, so um, I've, I've kind of ended up on the steampunk scene, being embraced by the steampunk I can see that in the UK. Um, and, you know, they like, they love a, a kind of booming kind of track. <laughs> and so actually kind of, even if it's just remixes of some of them that are a bit more party, um, party and for me. Yeah. Cause I can I'm, see no more fucks to give me in a real club banger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's nice. I, I'd like to play. I like to play kind of um, to audiences who are just sitting down and listening and laughing along and that kind of thing. That's what yeah. the the songs are really um, for. But some of those other ones could work really nicely. I think actually mm. having people dancing around to them and stuff. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens with that. You know, I, but like, how about like the style of your character, like the the suit, you know, the hat, the like, will that evolve as the music changes? I, or I, I, kind of I think I may find kind of. Um, different outfits and different styles of wearing things but I, I i think it will always kind of remain very much in the suits mm. um, bow ties I, I like a bow tie rather than a, a than a tie bow tie uh, what will myself. change you know what will change it will start being my fabrics a little bit more because uh <laughs> i'm a fabric guy by the way okay jay sells me the fabrics to make it with yeah so <laughs> we'll we'll definitely be sending you some stuff uh to uh, our the, the, the difference know. is I make a few things. Jay sells fabric to everyone in the world. Right. Okay. <laughs> Actually, Jay, you have a British fabric company too, right? Yeah. In, in Huddersfield, north of England. Oh, who's that? What's the company called? Oh, it's called Huddersfield Textiles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it is in tailor shops, uh, but more, more, uh, in the rest of the world rather than in UK. Right, okay, I've got you. We, we export a lot more because in UK, okay. uh, it's a lot more competitive and there's so yeah. many people there already. So yeah. <laughs> we like being in, in Ohio, in in, yeah. <laughs> in in Mexico City, in, in Hong uh, Kong, Uzbekistan yeah. and stuff. Like I like traveling. You get yeah. recognized on the streets and like people come up to you and be like, hey, you're that guy. I, I have been. It's generally when I'm walking back from a gig or I'm, I'm wearing kind of the, the suits mm. or kind of, ha you know, wearing suits and hats generally on a day to day basis. If I'm wearing my casuals, mm. not so much, but yeah, I, I, I do get recognized. Oh, if you're suited up, then you get recognized. But if I, right generally away. if I'm suited up and going out somewhere properly. Um, it's kind of nice. You have the, you have a little bit of the fame and notoriety, but you're still, if you come out of costume, you can still kind of live a life. The, 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 the kind of the, I guess the the point where I realised kind of quite how far it had gone because I'm getting messages from people in America and all that kind of thing. It was kind of like oh, you know, taking this on, on board a little bit. It was when I went down to our local supermarket and they've got a security guard on the door, mm. um, who I've known for ages because we say hello to him as we walk in and that kind of thing. He went oh I saw your video it was brilliant. Uh, and, and then you kind of actually realise that that was the point where I kind of thought actually this has gone pretty far actually. Mm. <laughs> 
all those messages from America and stuff hadn't really kind of um, hadn't really sunk in. But actually, the, the security guard from our local our local Sainsbury's, having seen it, was like, oh, blimey. Well, that's like a crossover to, to daily life, right? Like it's yeah. people who who you know on a daily, and they're like, "Hey, I saw your video." Yeah. It's definitely yeah. epic in that regard. I could see where that you know five million views is a lot. You know, it changes. You know, it changes life for sure. Like when yeah. you start to get recognized. Yeah, I mean, on kind of Facebook, um, I, it's in that uh, with all of the kind of the the different people have shared it now kind of unilad and viral hog and all of those kind of things mm. um which i do get kind of royalties from as well nice. um it's kind of in the hundred million or something like that now wow. on facebook i know it's only facebook but it's um yeah it's all a bit crazy on there it, it, went, it went a bit insane <laughs> the royalty's pretty good on your end i mean it's comfortable yeah yeah, yeah. i can't complain can't complain okay, I think the, the fabric thing, um, samples uh being sent to you will <laughs> depend on what answer you're giving it will go from polyester to a super 160 right away super no, it's, um, it's you know i, I think the, the, the what's been better is kind of the, the fact that it's drawn people across the album um, yeah. and the music on streaming sites and now i've kind of got my website and you can buy it directly from the website as well oh that's good um, yeah it's, it's doing okay. I managed to drop a couple of days at college. I managed to drop a couple Spotify of days. Spotify as well, right? Yeah, Spotify, iTunes, and all of those kind of places. We'll put links to all your website and like uh, Spotify, everything down in the, the show notes so people can check it out for sure. Yeah. You know, I've, I've listened to, a, like, I, I follow you on uh, YouTube. So whenever you put a new video up, I'm always like, oh, I got to <laughs> see, see what this is. It's going to be good. But on the streaming side, we had um, hip hop journalist Justin Hunt on the show a few weeks ago. And okay. he was talking about, uh, before we started recording, talking about like how streams have really suffered for artists. And uh, they've been down during uh, COVID. I don't, I, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, it's difficult um, to be able to have a basis for comparison because it all went crazy last February, which is only a couple of months after the album was released. Yeah. Um, and I'm still, I still don't know whether this is kind of what it's going to be like mm. now or and actually, because of the site that I use, I don't see kind of what's coming through for a few months. Okay. So um, March was fairly good, but I released a new album in March. Mm. Um, we'll have a, 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 a start to see April, um, <laughs> hopefully in the next kind of few weeks, the next month or so. Um, but yeah, I'll get back to you on that one. I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure. But what I do you want it to be? How do you mean? Sorry. So like, do you want it to be like to take over your life and be like a full time artists or do you want to maintain some type of balance of like what you do teaching and the music i, I, I quite like having the balance there because it keeps you grounded mm. um i i mean i'd love to be you know making enough money from doing music to not to have to worry yeah but um you know with every, I, it, i'm just a bit unsure at the moment as to kind of where the world's going mm. um because music venues aren't open at the moment i can't make any money from gigging True. Yeah. Um, what about the I'm, privacy just, I'm glad. Things? I'm glad I didn't throw it all in last year and go. Ha ha! I've gone viral. I'm gonna. <laughs> gonna fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> fuck everybody! <I'm>, <laughs> what about the privacy of things? When you get, you know, viral, and uh, what do you think about like losing privacy? I mean, I, I, I not particularly lost the privacy. I think I think I've managed to maintain that. I I tend to be on social media 
as Thomas Benjamin Wilder Squire, mm. I find it a bit exhausting being on there personally. Um, I also try and avoid looking too much at statistics, um, looking at kind of, you know, the, the trends of things going up and down because it's so, I, I don't log into Spotify that often because all of the statistics are right in front of you. As soon as you log in, you don't kind of choose to go and look at it. And so if you're down on views and streams and things like that, then you immediately see it. I've, I've taken the, the YouTube app off of my, uh, or the kind of the creator app off of my phone as well at the moment, because every time you click on it, you're immediately presented with kind of statistics of how, how it compares to the last 30 days compared to mm. the previous 30 days. And that stuff started to really kind of get to me and wind me up and you kind of start to feel the pressure on from mm. that perspective. Um, I also kind of put up kind of some, some fairly political stuff um, in the, in the last couple of weeks as well. Um, which I've engaged with on a certain level, but mm. have kind of been, have not wanted to get into it. Cause you could use get into those kind of arguments online forever. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I try and avoid that. I try and state my case um, and then, and then kind of leave it. Um, so I, I, in terms of private social media stuff, privacy, I, I, I'm not so much on there as, as a kind of, not trying to promote myself so i, I don't mm. necessarily think and everything is kind of private anyway all my kind of um, um my personal social media stuff is set to mm. private so people so please tell our me. viewers where can we find your private accounts <laughs> 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 well i've only got a five, private facebook account so i've only got a personal facebook account um instagram twitter youtube um what are the other ones <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, YouTube are all just, I, I'm there as Thomas Benjamin Wilder Squire. Um, yeah, I, I find social media can be quite exhausting. Um, yeah, so you got you got a bit political and you got you got some uh, comments. Like, I, I'd be scared to do that with the English crowd, man. The English crowd are so direct as well. Well, the, you know, the English crowd aren't so direct. The American crowd are very direct. Oh, English really? Britain, skirt you guys around the issue point. a little bit more. We just What's shoot that? each other. You guys like to have fist fights. No, we, 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 we like to have snark fights where you try and kind of um, have, <laughs> you try and kind of say the, the, the most, give the best put down and, uh, and then kind of yeah. leave it at that. And you try and kind of win to win. The, and that's what I find exhausting, that kind of um, one-upmanship and kind of trying to win the argument and trying to shut people down with a, with a clever witty Clever retort mm, mm. I, I just that kind that style of argument that style of discussion i can't cope with i'd rather have face-to-face discussions with people um about those kind of things but i thought in the last few weeks it was important to kind of state where i yeah. where i stand politically mm. um and actually if anybody bothers to listen to any of my music any of the albums past no more fucks this yeah. is the thing that's kind of like oh we, we came here for you we, we like you because of your music not your politics and it's like actually if you listen to my albums I've got some pretty outwardly political songs on them. I've got a song mm. called Tory Novelty that. Top. Like, yeah. Even your political, like some of your, every song you've made that I've listened to is just too much fun for me to be like, ah. <laughs> yeah. But I played, um, I played Tory Novelty Top on one of my live stream gigs um, and changed some of the words to reflect our current government's reactions to the pandemic. Mm. And somebody, you get those kind of comments that are just massive, mm. massive rants at you, kind of about how I'm a you lefty liberal, kind of all of that mm. kind of thing. 
always reverts back to, you know, but what if Jeremy Corbyn had got a prime minister? You'd be, it'd be even worse than it's, but he's not. <laughs> and it literally always reverts back to that. Well, you know, it, it would have been worse if your guys got in. So, um, so yeah, I mean, those kind of things, I just don't bother. But it is kind of insane how like how they're like, oh, just shut up and entertain us. We don't want to hear your opinions. Of course, like why an artist does not cannot make an opinion. What does it mean? Like, oh, we're not here. We're here because for your music, not for your political opinions. You just like them have the rights to give out your. That, that's it. But I think when they, their opinions being challenged by somebody that they until that point kind of actually liked and kind of respected and, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, that becomes quite difficult for people. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 trying to kind of walk that tightrope of kind of being political enough and stating my opinion enough. And definitely with with no more fucks, there were factions of people that came across who don't hold the same kind of political views as self. Um, and so it's been it's been interesting kind of seeing at what point they realize where I stand on things because I, I think I'm fairly like when, I think I'm fairly obvious with it but um, when when one video is super viral and then they they don't really know you as an artist as a whole and yeah. then and it, yeah I guess that's I think where... too when the song like no more fucks to give it's it, it it's one of those things that can resonate with everyone right like any yeah. Any working class, middle class person, anyone who's like, you know, getting dirty every day, you know, eating out of their lunch pail, even the guy sitting behind a desk typing emails, right? Everyone can relate to that song. And so maybe I think what happens a lot of times with artists is, you know, that people get that song, they relate to it, and they just assume that you yeah, have a shared It's written experience. from the same place as, yeah. as you. Because I've had people who've just assumed I've written it because um, I voted for Brexit or that I, you know, I, I'm a Trump supporter or whatever. I have had people kind of making those assumptions. <laughs> no, no, that's not where I'm coming from at all. Jay's a huge Trump guy. He loves Trump. <laughs> no, I, I criticize Trump for, I, I mean, my account is not super huge. It's like it has about 10K followers. But then um, this, and I keep things pretty personal, make sure people know what I'm about. Hmm. I, but um you know, I criticize Trump's style, which is not wrong. I mean, it's a style account. It's a uh, account yeah. about clots and stuff. And it's easy. So it's uh, easy to this criticize lady Trump from style. Texas just rammed. I'm like, we. I, I I was admiring your work, and you know, uh, I I was you're just do your job, and like you're only supposed yeah. to talk about clots. Why are you talking about politics? We're not here for politics and stuff. Like I'm not here to entertain you. You can go fuck yourself, lady. No, I didn't say that. I I apologize and said I will never do it again. Don't shoot me in Texas, please. <laughs> yeah, so you get, you got a strong Texas connect, Jay. Yeah, I got a strong Texas connect, and uh, but I I mean I'm not I, uh, about policy. I'm talking about style. Like his style is terrible. What's wrong with me pointing <laughs> yeah. out his style is terrible? How does that even talk about politics at all? His tie is too fucking long. His suit is disgusting. <laughs> the tie. And he has so much money to fuck around. What the fuck is he doing with that ugly ass suit? The, the two meter Sorry, tie. No, no. I love the two meter tie. Yeah, this episode yeah. will have a lot of f words. Sorry, yeah. kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, but it's not like we can criticize the style of the uh, the prime minister in our country because we'll go to jail. 
yeah we, we get we get one yeah really yeah. Um, it's, it, it, is it, it does feel year. like it feels like our prime minister just copies donald trump's style to be quite honest boris johnson is uh, not a particularly stylish man either no. but the thing is calculated it's incredibly calculated his hair his messy hair and all that kind of stuff is deliberate he's created this persona for himself do you reckon um, he, he created it yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, he makes it reason, look busy and shit all the time. The reason he became popular in the UK, um, there was a there was a political satire show in the UK. I don't know if you've ever come across it called "Have I Got News for You?" Oh yeah, I love that show. Yeah. Which he kind of was a panelist on um, back in kind of the two thousands, uh, early two thousands, and kind of the you know, um, and he was quite funny on it because he's like, oh, bumbling, bumbling, bumbling Boris, um, and people kind of enjoyed him on there because he's kind of quite witty. He was quite self-deprecating and that kind of thing. Um, and that is what has kind of, that's the caricature that he's created um, and that has appealed to people. Mm. Um, but then actually you kind of scratch the surface on the politics there and they're pretty problematic. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of uh, George W. Bush in that regard. Like I, I, I really feel like, a lot of the persona of George W. Bush was a created persona to make him feel like, even though he's a Princeton grad, went to prep school, you know, grew up with a rich family. Oh, you mean he's actually like, not dumb? He wants, uh, he's a Princeton grad. I mean, and he went to Harvard Business School. Like, he's going to at least be average intelligence. Well, right? this is but the I, thing, you know, Boris Johnson went to, to Oxford. He, you know. Yeah, I, I feel he, like he, it's, it's about creating like an everyman persona. Yeah. You know, like we're talking about like, you know, a lot of people relate to no more fucks to give or couldn't this just be an email because they live that reality. Yeah. Not too many people live the reality of Princeton undergrad and Harvard Law School or Harvard Business School or going to Oxford. Like that that's not a reality most people can relate to. A messy another thing that I was reading the other day was um actually the a lot of the kind of the um graphic design um for the political campaigns and kind of warnings about kind of covid-19 and all that kind of stuff in the, in the UK it's been pretty dire mm. um and actually one of the theories i was reading the other day is that actually they're trying to create this every person persona graphic designers are not particularly important at this time um and so to kind of capture the everyman you don't have someone who's massively polished looking kind of amazing in a tie amazing kind of graphic design that looks kind of completely um produced you want to have something who looks like everyman mm. and so kind of someone who's badly dressed doesn't wear particularly good ties doesn't wear particularly good suits who has um use comic sans font on the thing actually that that's an everyman kind of <laughs> Um, aesthetic and I, actually, you know, I quite i quite I, I, I found myself going actually you know that makes a lot of sense you know the fact that we've got to a point now where we're designing stuff to make it look not designed and we're kind of you know personal yeah. kind of style and things like that is is being deliberately kind of made to look kind of badly done I think I think it's very calculated. I think Donald Trump's kind of bad styling is very calculated. I think Boris Johnson's bad styling is very. That's what Texas Taylor also said to me. Yeah. Uh, Ross Bennett, my homie, he was like, "Dude, uh, maybe that's." What, I mean, he calls it him the the president. Um, uh, so he's a hardcore supporter, which is fine. Big big. Don't big. write me emails. Um, but but um, yeah, he's like, maybe that's all an act. I'm like, why would somebody act dumb? Well, maybe 
just like why somebody would act smart, right? <laughs> As a you know, the majority, <laughs> you know, by you know, you know, by statistics, the majority of people are average intelligence, right? So if you're an outlier to the right of the bell curve, you're like one or two standard deviations out. It'd be very difficult to relate with you if you're outside that outside that realm. Yeah, but don't people want to see fucking leaders look like they got their shit together and smarter than you? <laughs> you Apparently would think, not. Jay, but... Why would I want a leader that's dumber than me? Who says gooder? Like, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, English is my fourth language, that. and I, I would never use gooder as a word. Look at who we elect as as people. Yeah, well, it used to be smarter people, people who have look like they have their shit together. And now with vir viral and, you know, YouTube and everything kind of designing everything around what you look at once. And then like, I look at a YouTube video once about something weird. And now my whole YouTube is filled with something weird. Flat Earth. Uh, so, it's one flat earth video. Next thing you know, you're like, yeah. you're hardcore. I'm like, earth is, is flat. 5G flat. causes COVID. Yeah, Bill Gates is behind all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom, with, as, as we digress into conspiracy theories, you know, we were talking about personal style earlier, and you said like you know you like yeah. the, the proper suit with the bow tie and the uh, you know the button up, and but when you go when you go to work every day, when you go to university, do you does that sort of level of uh, dapperness carry over or? Are you going in as like a, you know, kind of more casual look at the office? Well, I mean, this is kind of a bit more of a casual look here. Um, shirt and um, uh, trousers, um, jeans as well. I, I quite like um, some kind of the, the kind of high-waisted trousers generally. I quite like wearing, uh, tucking myself in. Um, but yeah, I, I, during the day, if I'm bumming around at home, it will be kind of in, a, in, in jeans and T-shirt. Okay. just because it's easier particularly because it's quite hot at the moment um i'm, I'm wearing a lot of kind of loose fitting uh flannel shirts and, <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff what's hot in england i, I don't know what the temperature is today um it's quite it, it, it's quite um um mucky today oh, okay. it's quite, um, yeah. yeah yeah um yeah. humid I, i'm um, willing to bet our cold is your hot yeah, yeah, probably actually. It probably, probably is. <laughs> I make a blame. It's, it's, it's probably just very mild. The problem is, is that I, I can't open a window at the moment because the, the window in our in the room that I'm in at the moment doesn't open. Oh. Um, we're having our windows replaced soon, um, and oh, I've not good. got the fan on. I've not got the fan on because it will make too much noise in here. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm yeah. If we see you sweating, it's. Uh... <laughs> What was that? Sorry. At nighttime, if I don't have the aircon on in the studio room with the lights, it will be 35 degrees in here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're sleeping with fan on at the moment. Windows open. Mm. Problem is, is that spiders and flies and things like that start flying in the mosquitoes and stuff. So that's the kind of balance between uh, between having insects in a bedroom and <laughs> and staying cool. Yeah, we only get like maybe two weeks a year that you can kind of sort of live without aircon for the most part yeah everybody brings out their sweater and like act all like oh, it's winter it's the middle um, of winter it's like 26 degrees yeah that's probably kind of that's the british summer that is <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 exactly <laughs> what is it right now it's like 9 p.m and it's it's 27 degrees so blimey 
I could probably tell you what it is in Bedford at the moment. Hold on a second. Let's 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 have a look and see what our temperature. temperature is. Bedford. So I'm just on my phone. For anybody listening to this, <laughs> Bedford. <laughs> I want to go check it out. I want to go to a bar with this guy. I think it will be legendary. It's 23 yeah. degrees here at the moment. So it's 23, 23. degrees. 23 is really cold for at us. 4 p.m. As in 23 degrees C, yeah. It's 27 Celsius degrees at 10 p.m. for us. And it just rained. It just like rained. today's weather is supposed to be good because of that. Yeah. It might be just the room I'm sitting in. It's probably hotter in this room than it is outside. But uh... <laughs> We probably did, what, half a meter of rain in like 20 minutes? <laughs> No, that's average for this is our you, rainy season. Yeah. You ever been to Bangkok? You ever been to Asia? Um, I, I've been to uh, Malaysia. Okay. Been nice. to uh, Kuala Lumpur and Penang. Nice. Um, we went across the border into Malaysia for a day. This was kind of about 20 years ago, though. Mm. <laughs> so not, not for a while. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. A lot has changed. A lot has yeah. changed. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in Malaysia Well, when, when we can travel. I used to like mm. split my my time like two weeks Malaysia, two weeks Thailand. Yeah, okay. No, you know, work, it's work too hot for me. It's too hot for me. It, it, especially Malaysia can Bangkok itself because of all the concrete is much hotter. Like if you're outside than KL, KL has a lot more yeah. greenery. It was it was getting getting out of the airport and kind of being hit by the um, hit by the humidity straight away. Yeah. I hope you didn't wear a tweed suit. No, no, not 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. what, what if we did like an unstructured tweed for him, Jay? <laughs> Would you wear it? I'm middle what, sorry, of, an unstructured. Middle of Bangkok, unstructured tweed. <laughs> That'd be a great photo shoot. 35 <laughs> degrees C. It's like the, the most oxymoron. I feel sorry. Unstructured. Like sometimes tweed. they do. I do photo shoot with uh, models wearing suits and stuff here. I feel sorry for them. I'm like, dude, like we'll do, we'll make it quick. Uh, you're sweating. You're not comfortable. Yeah, you're ruining hey, my suffering wall. For your art. Suffering for your art. I played, um, I played a gig uh, last summer when I was kind of doing the, uh, doing the festival season. Um, yeah. Going and kind of playing in a full tweed suit. But it's just like, no, I've got to keep the jacket on because, <laughs> because it's the look. Yeah, the sweat's <laughs> running down the inside. Yeah. With your with your tweed suit, do you wear um, the pocket watch and the chains and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the kind of the pocket watch kind of going across and uh, that's um, so cuff, class, man. Cufflinks is a bit difficult playing the banjolele though, because um, okay. I, I have played with cufflinks before, but sometimes, particularly if I'm, I'm using a pickup that's a microphone, I'm kind of constantly whacking it with me oh. uh, with a cufflink. So I tend to not wear cufflinks anymore when I'm playing. Banjolili, yeah, Banjolili, Banjolili. You know, cause I think I think like I'm envisioning you playing like a, an outdoor concert, concert at a festival, full tweed. And what comes to mind is a description I once heard um, Henry Rollins give about performing like every night, and that he would only wear his jean shorts and no shoes because the first time he ever performed, he sweat so much that everything was soaked. <laughs> He's like, so if you wear as little as possible when you're on stage, you don't. You only have to wash that one thing. So I yeah. can only imagine a three-piece tweed suit on stage in the summer at a festival. That's, that's suffering. It's suffering for your art. That's what it is. It's uh... they say well hydrated, huh? Yeah, yeah. 
I made that mistake once and didn't have a bottle of water next to me. Man. Um kind of spent kind of half, halfway through the set just at the going can somebody just please just get me a bottle of water or something <laughs> all this audience looking up at me waiting for me to play a set um how long is your set usually uh it depends um hour and 15 minutes if it's a kind of full headline set yeah. um 45 minutes festival set generally yeah, even 45 minutes in the tweed out and outside <laughs> the festival the energy that's rough. Yeah, Tom, we have these, uh, these 10 questions that we usually inject sort of somewhere in the middle of our uh, podcast that we like to, to okay. run through with the, with the guests. I know we mentioned it earlier. You've never heard about these. So, you know, we I've, don't not, I've not heard any of these. No, no, these, yeah. these are the first time I've come across. First time hearing about it. But we'd like to run through these with you as well. And especially because, you know, we, we do love your, your style. And we love, we love your music. So we want to hear like where your personality falls on a lot of these and what we found, this is where we're like a couple dozen episodes in now. And what we found is, yeah. that, you know, we get some very surprising answers on certain questions. So we're, we're looking forward to yours for sure. Okay. You know, and to kick it off, we always ask people about fabric because fabric is, that's the foundation of, of every dapper villain suit, right? Is what's yeah. your fabric of choice? What do you want? But if you can only use one fabric for the rest of your days, you know, linen, wool, or cotton, which one would you choose and why? Um, I, or I think it'd have to be wool because tweed. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the basis of, of tweed. And uh, I, do, I do like a tweed suit. I mean, I love, I love wearing a linen suit or kind of, mm. you know, linen clothes um, and cotton. But definitely kind of tweed is, is my go-to my go-to fabric. Most of the suits that I do have are are wool. Mm. Uh, I, I, I like a kind of cotton twill trouser in the summer, but um, definitely wool because because it's tweed. Because of you know, it is the basis of, of making tweed. Yeah. Do you also usually go custom or ready to wear? Um, it's generally ready to wear. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'd love to. I'd love and to. A tweed is a good fabric for that because it's, it's yeah. It, it's the, it's got structure already on it. There are there are some that have kind of been made, you know, to to measure a little to some extent. But for the most part, it is it is kind of ready to wear stuff. Um, I yeah, I, I hate kind of going and try trying things on. Is uh, yeah, I like wearing stuff, but kind of awkward awkward discussions in kind of shops and things like that. It's yeah, nice custom to- could be a pain in the ass for sure. I mean, by the time you develop that chemistry with the tailor. Yeah. You have already had to go there for like five, six times, you know, and you have to fuck up a few suits before you get it right. Yeah. 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 Or you're like Jay with his tailor who Jay can't say no to because he knows he'll stab him. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my tailor uh, stabbed a guy in the neck and went to jail for a couple of years. Wow. And uh, yeah, he came out and uh, um uh, he's grateful uh, because I was like one of the first people to hook him up with a lot of jobs, but I never say his shoot, suit is shitty. It's, it's, <laughs> everything is always great. And anybody wants to criticize my suit, I'm like, yo, go talk to that guy. He stabbed a guy in the neck with a fork, not with a knife. <laughs> I mean, like that. <laughs> yeah, but if he was really hardcore, he would have used a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> now, no, do you have no, no, a, a no, favorite no. menswear item? Favorite menswear item probably um, straw boater. I love I love a I love a I love a boater. 
Okay. Um, particularly in the in the, well, in the spring and the summer, it's, it's got to be a straw boater. This is something very nice about um, um, wearing a a boater. Now you said um, your your uh, your wife's a milliner. Yeah, so my my partner makes uh, uh, kind of vintage style headwear. Um, so she makes kind of hats um, and uh, kind of vintage turbans and that kind of thing. Okay, but not the not the straw hats. No, no, no. She, she doesn't make menswear, men's okay. headwear, unfortunately yet. I do I make men's hats. Push that mostly caps and Shelby's. Uh, okay, yeah. I do love a cap as well. I mean, cap is a good kind of standard. If I'm going out for the day and I can't be bothered to do my hair, just chucking a cap on, flat cap, is a pretty standard um, uh, wardrobe uh, fixture. Yeah, I, um, I have a couple of denim hats I made. Like, especially I keep my early ones that are all messed up, but I still wear them. And I yeah. always have to wear a hat because I'm half bald. So if I yeah. go outside in Bangkok, the sun will just burn the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, that's... Um, that, that could be an issue. That yeah. could be an issue. It's a tough one. <laughs> now, um, but yeah, I did. Caps. And like, I know you said you like to wear jeans sort of around the house. Do you think it's ever okay for a guy to wear denim on denim on denim on denim on denim? Like, you know, i.e. the Canadian tuxedo where you're wearing the jeans, the denim shirt, the denim vest, the denim jacket, the denim hat, and you have a denim side bag? Denim boxers. Yeah, boxers, denim. No, unless you're in kind of a... <laughs> And an an eighties tribute classic rock band, I would say. Okay. Um if you're kind of dressing up in, in kind of a big mullet wig, uh or kind of you've got big mullet hair and you are kind of going for that aesthetic and it's deliberate, yeah, then then that can be quite funny and ironic. However, no, not not on a kind of a, a stylistic basic. Basically. So if you have a mullet, it's a pre-qualifier for denim on denim. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can have a mullet and have denim denim on denim. Um, you have a no other it. <laughs> <laughs> now you know te- you're you're from England, so obviously British tailoring is is renowned around the world. Uh, Jay uh, over here, he's a huge Italian tailoring guy. Loves okay. uh, spritzatura, right? And uh, I like the more American cuts. You know, I like that that looser cut, a little bit boxier because I'm, I'm a larger gentleman. I like to lift weights. So I like to show off, you know, the, the arms and the shoulders, which are the only things I, I just basically do curls every day. But, yeah. you know, what, what do you prefer? Which one of those tailoring styles do, do you like? Do you, does resonate with you and your style? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm British all the way. I mean, all the suits I've got, all of the clothes I wear are kind of generally British tailored suits. Okay. So um, full canvas, yeah, cer- structured. Yeah. There's certain kind of brands that I kind of go back to um on a regular basis um some of whom i'm kind of friends with friends who've got kind of clothing brands and that kind of yeah. thing um and yeah i'd say so i'd, I'd definitely say british i'm not i have not got any italian suits so I, I probably can't make as an informed um decision on that um as other people um but definitely from from my perspective where it stands definitely british mm. british all the way British all the way at the, the uh, yeah, I, and I can yeah. see that. I mean, when I when I see the performance too, like the way your the character is carried, that sort of I, I always think of British tailoring as a suit of armor because it's so structured, yeah. it's so well put together. And when I see you standing there in the suit shop playing the banjolele, you know that's what comes like. This is a suit of armor for this character. I also I also prefer to have a high waisted trouser with braces mm-hmm. as opposed nice. to a belt. Because I find that belts generally kind of end up going down a little bit. You end up seeing the belt underneath yeah. the 
through the waistcoat because you can't obviously you can't button your your bottom button yeah. down on your waistcoat that needs to stay open and so with a belt i always find that eventually i'm showing some shirt mm. and so kind of pair of nice pair of braces all the way up to kind of yeah. over your, over your stomach um and yeah, then you I, I wear your, your them every day i've got the the suspenders i i have i like the high waist i make my pants without uh belt loops yeah and i got the button so i just i go all in yeah absolutely the only the only thing is when i'm kind of been performing mm. it's then kind of the nicest feeling in the world undoing the braces when i get home yeah kind of just oh, letting it go loose because you find that your back kind of ends up getting pulled down a little bit and so actually yeah. you can then just kind of relax mm. and, and and sit back as well so yeah for sure or if i'm really lazy you know if i've got i wear shorts when i work every day so i've got the high-waisted shorts i've got the, the braces on and uh, if I'm really lazy, especially like after dinner, I'll just, and I, I always have button fly. So I'll unbutton everything all the way down and just <laughs> let it all hang out and just walk around downstairs like that. And my wife will be like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. What will tend to happen after I play the gig, I will come into the house and the first thing that will happen is the suit jacket will come off mm -hmm. and it will be over the top of a door and the braces will come off. The trousers will come off across this and i'll be in my underwear within 10 minutes just kind of sitting around um in, enjoying the kind of cool air um because you know I, I i tend to to get quite hot and what this I'm makes me think of uh, your face you not your facebook page your web page you have a great photo on your web page it's like you lounged out in a t-shirt <laughs> with sock goters on so that's like, my. Um, we're, we're definitely bringing this image up. Yeah. So it's like you've got like God, like the goddess that go above your calf muscle, like pulling your socks up, like mid calf. So um, that's kind of the album cover of my latest album. I'm quite nice in. Um, and the first track on that is a song called Pants Drunk, which is okay. about kind of getting drunk in your underwear. Um, um, it's actually, I, I kind of never remember the Scandinavian term for it begins with a K, <laughs> which basically means getting drunk in your underwear. Of course, um, so there's a drunk. term for, for specific. <laughs> 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 sitting on your own with no intention of going out anywhere, just getting drunk in your underwear. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong um, with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> now, I, Jay was asking you earlier about the, you know, the pocket watch, and you said you wear the chain full across, but do you have a favorite accessory that you like to throw in with your your suit so that you wear like, on a daily basis i quite like kind of a little lapel pin okay to go in there as well I, I, and i love i love um a really nice um cufflink as well okay. um i've got so many cufflinks nice. so many kind of lapel pins um that are kind of that i can change out mm. um for various different things and actually when i if i'm doing a if i'm doing a, a video shoot and i want to do more than one um do more than one song at a time to make it look as if i'm doing it at different times or change the location slightly and then change the kind of pin or change the bow tie or change nice. kind of a couple of things to do with it um i'd, I'd say cufflinks actually cufflinks. definitely would like you cufflinks. go with everything more gold or silver oh, good um, oh um, probably more silver um more silver. but I, I i quite like um you know kind of dual cufflinks and things as well mm. so kind of something that makes it stand out rather than just being fairly plain mm. i quite like something that stands out i've got i do have some star wars cufflinks as well oh. um and i've got some 
Harry Potter cufflinks. Re- Rebels. I tend to pick up these kind of things. What's that? Rebels or Empire? Oh, it's um, R2-D2. Oh, okay. Cufflinks. So, yeah, it's a little kind of round R2-D2 ones. Nice. And I've got quite a nice um, Darth Vader tie as well that nice. has got stars on it all the way down. But it looks like it's kind of dot spot or, you know, polka dots. It's only when you open up mm. kind of the you open see... up your waistcoat properly that you can see that it's the Darth Vader tie. Very cool. So, okay. You might see I have nice, a little uh, up top here. Where is it here? There's a BB-8 hat. Yeah, 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 I can see that. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife made this. Uh, I actually wore this when I went to, uh, when we went to the premiere of, uh, was it movie eight or seven, movie seven. Oh, nice. <laughs> my, my, my partner made me a, um, a Mandalorian um, shoulder bag. Okay. Carrying stuff, right? It's not, it's not in here, it's downstairs, but um, yeah. So she tends to kind of make me, Various things like that as well. Wait, and you're 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 the one with the PhD. <laughs> <laughs> you wore that hat out. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what? And I also have an infinity gauntlet she made me. Do I have the infinity gauntlet here? No, it's downstairs, but I have a, a crocheted infinity gauntlet that I wore out for the uh Avengers movies. <laughs> yeah, I I've Got various things that, that that my partner makes for me. This is um, going to be the last episode. I enjoy wearing it now. Well. Jay's like, forget this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I mean, when you think of style, and like you've talked about, you have the the different ranges that you go through, right? You have you're really on point with the character, right? When you do a show, yeah. You said you're you're a little bit more casual, forward when you're working, but at home it could be you know a t-shirt and jeans. For you, how how on point do you think a man's um, a, a man should dress? Right, like how how, um, how formal should they be on a daily basis? Um, I think smart, casual on a daily basis. I, I think it depends on whether you're kind of going to be seen by anybody. Yeah. Um, I, I, if I'm going to be seen by somebody, then I, I become more formal, um, depending on how many people I'm actually going to come into contact with. And it depends on what situation as well, really. If I'm going out, then I'll often dress up more formally. If I'm performing, then it's probably the most formal and kind of go full out. Or if we're going to um, uh, vintage events and uh, kind of... uh, um, There's lots of kind of vintage festivals and 1920s, 30s, 40s festivals uh, that we go to every summer. Um, People tend to be on point at those massively. And kind of, it's just like a big style kind of a it's in your town um well twinwood festival is the big one for us um mm. and that is kind of just just up the road but there's lots of them all over the country um there's kind of various goodwood revival is another big one which is a motor racing circuit where they race um uh, vintage cars um okay. and kind of a everyone dresses up and that's that's kind of where real rich people are as well <laughs> so yeah. people who've actually got lots and lots of money are there um, but there's lots of kind of performers there and lots of acts that kind of uh, mm. play those kind of things it's an opportunity to get dressed up and kind of like a promenade really in the old mm. sense where you kind of get up in your finery and, and walk around um we do kind of partake in those kind of events sometimes as well uh, where I, we just go out for... or for, for Jay and I, we've really been doing a COVID formal, which is essentially okay. waist up. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Waist, waist <laughs> up, fully, fully decked out, boxes below. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When, I, 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 when I'm doing videos, if I'm kind of shooting from there to there, I don't need to worry too much about yeah. wearing a pair of shorts or whatever, because they're only seeing kind of the shirt and yeah. the waistcoat. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, I it's kind of like, you know, putting well. on an expensive perfume to a video call. Yeah. yeah. Wearing pants. It's like that. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> the one problem is like, if you got to get up to get something in the middle of the video call, you're like, Oh yeah. that that I have to shut awful. my camera up for a moment. <laughs> we have been having some fun kind of getting dressed up just for the sake of it at home as well though. So we kind of get dressed up. Go it and it do does some feel a lot better to do that. Yeah. Um, particularly while we've been on lockdown, we've been having to kind of make our own entertainment. Um, so we've been kind of setting up cocktail bars in the garden just for me, nice. me and my partner, um, and getting dressed up properly and taking lots of photographs and drinking lots of things. We had a we had a, a pyro themed night the other week um, where we sat and watched a couple of uh, Hercule Poirot films um, while drinking cocktails. Um, What's your cocktail? French cuisine. I was just going to ask. What's, What's your my, cocktail? Um, ah. So that's a good question actually i don't know anything really gin i t tend to be gin based oh. um but I'll, I'll drink anything really i quite like an old-fashioned because it's a nice um one that you can drink for it takes you a while to to drink ever uh, tried a negroni oh yeah negroni as well do you like a negroni that's a huge uh menswear drink now in the industry uh, everybody always like wears nice suits and drink it, just, it takes you a long time to drink it and actually yeah, yeah it's definitely it's pretty a, strong yeah yeah i'm an old-fashioned guy i like a bourbon old-fashioned yeah i've got some bitters downstairs occasionally i'll muddle some bitters and some uh, raw sugar and make myself a uh, pour <laughs> a little bit of woodford in a glass with it and, and have to it nice yeah but generally on a on a day-to-day -day basis is gin and tonic is gin and tonic. okay that's not not a bad a, drink go to yeah, it's, it's it's a nice easy one. It's a nice easy go to, um, and there's lots of different gins out there as well. You can get very into. You see, that was not part of the ten question, and we, we didn't <laughs> prepare it. You see, yeah, none none of this was prepared at all. You know, earlier you were talking about the when we were talking about the pocket watch. You know, do you think do you ever wear like a regular watch? And do you think a, a I haven't worn a regular watch for years, um, not since probably Chuck, because every watch I ever had when I was a child. I lost. Okay. Or it ran out of battery, and I just didn't replace the battery, and it became pointless. Yeah. Um, and I don't like wear. I don't like wearing rings or kind of things around my wrists. Really, I find it I find it quite just frustrating. It gets in the way. Pocket watch. Love a pocket watch. Mm. Got a really nice um, um, one that I got kind of on a steam railway. Isle of Wight steam railway. Great rest. Great Western railway. Yeah. Um, pocket watch that kind of goes in my pocket. Um, it's a wind-up one as well, so you can wind it up. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I, wrist watches. I, I don't. I, I, I've had them in the past, but I tend to lose them. So you think um, there's so, no point for a man's watch game to be like on lock? It just—it's a waste to you. Um, if you're going to have a watch, then it should be a good one. Mm. I prefer a pocket watch over a wrist watch. There's something quite nice about kind of lifting it a pocket and kind of putting it in rather than kind yeah. of looking at the wrist there. I can see that. Um, so, yeah, pocket watch over wrist watch. Um, I'm an Apple Watch guy myself. I like the yeah. data. 
And I know Jay, Jay's much more of a horology guy than me. He's got a little collection budding now. Jay, you're on mute or something. No audio. It's, it's an expensive, um, it's an expensive thing to, to get into. A, I'm trying to stop that. I, I got into <laughs> audio file as well. Like you get uh, vinyl players, records and stuff. And then uh, okay. actually Spotify does the same thing <laughs> or even more convenient. I don't have to get my ass. I don't have to listen to the whole damn album. I can be all ADHD and change the songs right away. Um, Rather than having to kind of lift it up and kind of move the move the move the little kind of needle across onto the next there's something quite nice have a, about that yeah do you have a dope audio system for a musician um, uh, not not particularly no um i mean i've got some speakers and a, I, I do have a, a vinyl player but i don't use it that often you don't use for the most uh, part i listen collect. to music through headphones and on what from my phone <laughs> but i suppose uh, you like ragtime um music right like old 1920s jazz yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. yeah 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 and you can't you can't really can you really get that on spotify and stuff oh, like, yeah, I feel it's, like... all, it's all on there you, it, it's all been kind of digitized now so like when that. you go vinyl digging that's where you get like the most there's something really i really like going digging for old sheet music that's something oh. that i really um i like kind of looking into so i've got quite a a collection of old sheet music um that just it doesn't really do anything it just kind of sits on my on my shelves um because a lot of the old sheet music has the ukulele tab on it as well okay. and so you can you I, I quite enjoy trying to work out these old songs without listening to them first you, you kind of try and read it through the music and, and accompany yourself on there and then because i'm not great at reading music but i can um and so it's kind of <laughs> trying to work out what the tune is and then listening <laughs> back to it to see kind of how how um, accurate it is That's I've, got, kind of I've got kind of a yeah, now I really want to know what's Just reaching onto music. the shelf at the moment, but kind of like, uh, you, you get it for like 50p. A bit of a, uh, that's uh, Rudy Valley there. Uh, nice. So what's, what is sheet music? So, so you, oh, you buy the, the music sheets. Yeah, yeah that's what musicians would play from, Jack. It's basically before, before you, before they actually had recorded music, that's kind uh, of how songs got sold. So, people would have a piano at home or a ukulele um they wouldn't necessarily have a record player and so you'd buy it you'd buy the sheet music for a song that you'd heard um and you'd play it for people who are musically talented but back when most most people in a, it, it, a lot of households had someone who at least someone who could play the piano and read music yeah it's a dying art though i think uh, i think so yeah being able to read the lines being able to read the dots I, I definitely could. Yeah. I, I can barely read tab. I can barely read anything. <laughs> and after two Negronis, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there a style icon that you look up to, Tom? Um, are we talking current day style icon? Because I've got a few people uh, that time. I kind of um, look up to. In fact, um, there's there's a few people I work with or kind of know of um, on the scene that I quite um, quite admire in terms of their style. Um, a chap called Tom Carradine, who um, runs a Cockney sing along in in London. So he basically kind of takes a piano into a bar and plays old musical songs. But he dresses up kind of Victorian style um, with a kind of boater, mm. um, uh, kind of full suit, 
Um, really, really stylish. In fact, if you can, if you get a chance to have a chat to, to Tom Caradine, he'd be a great person for you to talk Tom to. Tom Caroline. Tat Caradine. Tat Caradine. Um, now, if you Google him, it says it says that he's David Caradine's son, but he's not. Okay. So Caradine's Cockney sing along. Have a look into that. Caradine's. Um, Jay, make a note of that. I don't have a pen with me. Uh, 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 so if you google me though you'll get carlito gonzalez and that's a different person just i didn't do those things that carlito did it's a different guy i promise so he he works with another chap called uh, champagne charlie um who has a very kind of 30s aesthetic uh, i thought you were kind of a lady boy from uh from Ceylon. champagne charlie uh, okay uh right <laughs> no, british champagne charlie and the bubbly boys um, that's the that's the band that he visits. and there's also another chap in the states uh new york um called um dandy wellington who oh is, we really uh, want to interview that him. guy he just keeps yeah. ghosted us he's not replying uh, he he's uh he is he is kind of like uh somebody i kind of admire hugely uh, we'll, we'll chop this into stories and tag the shit out of him so he knows <laughs> yeah, what we're talking like, about why are you ghosting us dandy wellington why are you ghosting us man i've emailed you what up homie that's not yeah, what but definitely definitely his style is on point and so he's he is someone that he's a dandy. he's like a, a as um natty adams would say he's a capital mm. d dandy like yeah like so on point. are you a capital d dandy you pull it so well though you like it's it's so good to have you on the show because your style of dressing is so different than everybody would have had. Yeah. And it's such an important style, uh, the British style, the dandy style, yeah. like tweed, you know, like it's the image of, of what you wear is, is so different than every guest we've had. I don't so think far. we've talked to anyone who, who rocks tweed, have we, Jay? <laughs> no. No, what, well, you know, I, I, it's very, very flattering that you say that. I kind of sometimes feel that I, my my style game isn't as it isn't as on point as it could be. Oh no! Um, but, I mean, because it's so unique, right? I mean, and it's and like I said tweed. I love tweed, but I live in the tropics, so I can't wear tweed, yeah. or I would be dead. Right? It's just it's that simple. <laughs> like outside, if I'm wearing tweed, I'm outside of aircon for like thirty seconds, done. <laughs> right? But I mean, I'm I'm jealous that you can wear it. You can you can. And yeah. not only can you wear it, you rock it. Yeah. And Tweed is such a perfect fabric for England in general because it's hot and then it's cold. Well, it's never really hot. It's usually yeah. cold and then it's wet. And then it's it's not so cold. It's just cold enough. And then it's just that no sunshine at all. And it's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the Very UK. That's pretty weather. much the UK, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jay comes back from Huddersfield. <laughs> He's whiter than me. <laughs> you know when i was setting up the company i was there for a month and um i saw sunshine the first time in a whole like 20 days i was there and i was so excited i was like I, oh now i understand why people get excited about summer and sunny days <laughs> why we talk shit. about the weather so much in the uk the whole mood changes the whole yeah. mood changes for sure yeah. particularly up north up in huddersfield Places like that. I understand now why people are so grumpy. It's just <laughs> the weather. It's how do you be jumpy and you know all of that when it's always it's is it gonna rain? It's not. Oh, it just rained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the, that's the ever ever long discussion. Is it gonna rain today? Should I should I wear my coat? Yeah, we, we have the opposite here we're like okay is is it too sunny to go out do i need an umbrella because it's so sunny 
Yeah. And it's not, I'll see, actually, I saw today a woman riding a bicycle down the street holding an umbrella to keep the sun off her while she rode. Yeah, they don't, they don't want to get the tan here. No. Do they no. want to be whiter than me. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a weird thing that's there in Asia. Like um, women don't want to be tan because then they will look as if they're not wealthy. Because if you're working in the sun, then you're from a different class, and then ah, blah blah okay. blah. <laughs> and so they sell a lot of whitening, and all mm. the soap has to have whitening, whitening. stuff. Whitening yeah. salons with a. They've even got some crazy thing where they'll inject. They inject some chemical into you and it kills your body's ability to produce melanin. Wow. And so like you see people who look albino white walking around Gosh. Bangkok and they'll have like an umbrella and long sleeve shirts. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's, that's a, a weird kind weird. of, uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. On, that note, <laughs> on that note, to tie or not to tie, that is the question. Now, How do we get here? I know you said you like a bow tie, but you know, do do you feel like a tie is needed to complete an ensemble, or do you think you can go without? Um, I I think it dep again it depends on what you're wearing. Um, casually, I tend to kind of have a cravat that might kind of top. So if I'm wearing something like this and I was going out, I might put a cravat on with that. Oh, okay. Um, but super elegant. I definitely think kind of a tie or a bow tie tops off the outfit, and if mm. you're wearing a suit. If you're wearing kind of a you know a full suit, then definitely kind of a tie or a bow tie um, is an is an important part of that. Yeah. I would say. Very um, British of you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's kind yeah, of the, I, it, obviously you tie, you tie your own, right? You're not you're not clipping on any bow ties. I, I, oh, I, I, oh, it took too long that, to answer no that. Comment, no comment on that. No it. comment on that. Oh my um, god! Terrible, I know. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible, I know. I do have some tie-on bow ties, um, but it, it's just a lot easier to kind of take on and off. Yeah. Um, as a performer, um, particularly when it's hot, particularly when you're kind of sweating and that kind of thing. The great thing about kind of a clip-on bow tie is I can, I can unclip it and go backstage and kind of chill out a little bit and then just clip yeah. it back on. I don't need to have a mirror necessary to be able to do it up. And I can go straight back out again, and it looks fine. Whereas when I've when I've tried to do a kind of a, a a properly tied bow tie, you take it off, and then you've got to put it all back on again. Yeah, um, bow tie is not like a tie. Once it's tied, you can't loosen it, right? So no, like, you've got to undo it. Like I like <laughs> tie on bow ties, but again, I'm not performing, so like I don't have to yeah. worry about loosening it. Yeah, and. I, I I tend to be able to do a, a tie at home, kind of in the in the in the comfort of your own home, with, when you've got enough time to do it. But actually performing, it you know quite often the all, all you've got is kind of a, a, a small mirror, a mirror in a bathroom. Yeah, you have to try and get prepared in. Um, and I don't necessarily, particularly if it's hot, I won't kind of wear the full kind of outfit while I'm travelling either. Mm. Um, so you kind of have to do a little bit of kind of dressing up when you get to a venue as well. And just clip on ties are just so much easier. <laughs> clip on bow ties. Tie ties. Um, a, a normal tie will always kind of tie up. So mm. I don't do clip on ties. But, uh, That's good. 
Bow ties, yeah. Sorry, I'm disappointed. I can feel I can feel I've disappointed you guys. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> We're giving you a pass because you're a professional performer. Right? So anyone yeah, else would be I crucified. Mean, that story justifies you, it. You, yeah. it's okay. It's acceptable. <laughs> Thomas Benjamin Wildest Fire, acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> now, how about movie characters? Are there any that you kind of look at and you're like, well, this movie character has their their just style game is unlocked 100 percent. we we have been watching um a lot of um poirot films okay. recently and you know kind of poirot mm -hmm. um and actually peter ustinov as hercule Pro, poirot his style kind of is is always on point mm. um i say that because we've been watching lots of those films recently yeah um the classic one well, I, I remember David Suchet as well as, as Hercule Poirot, mm -hmm. um, very on point too. Wasn't so impressed with the Kenneth Branagh version of it. I don't know if you saw that at all, the uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Mm, yeah. Kenneth Branagh did. I wasn't so into that stylistically, but definitely. Did you take kind any of, of uh, that into your own character? Um, definitely kind of. It, it, I, what what I find is I don't necessarily only look at the main character in those kind of films. You also look at kind of the people in the background and kind of go, oh. uh, particularly for things like casual wear, um, that kind of old classic um, casual wear, um, getting just some kind of tips from that, from, from those kind of films is always really good. Um, and also um, what was the, the other one? Um, with Steve Buscemi in it. What was that series called? I haven't watched it for years now. Yeah, what was that? Um, where is the in set in Atlantic City in the nineteen twenties? Oh, um, Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire. There we go. Yes. Boardwalk Empire. Yes. I can't believe I can't remember. No, I haven't watched it for ages. That series, but definitely that's a uh, yeah. yeah. That was one I was looking at a lot for um, for kind of style tips. Um, There's a lot of necessarily series, but um, said that again. A lot of great suits in that series. Yeah, definitely. And also Deadwood. Do you ever watch Deadwood? Of course, yeah. I love that yeah. sort of Western American style. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, like Deadwood and then uh, the movie Tombstone, right, with the Doc yeah, Holliday, yeah. that red waistcoat, you know. Oh. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Um, and anything with David Niven in yeah. as well. Um, and and Terry Thomas, I don't know if you've ever come across Terry Terry Thomas. Um, he was a British actor in the sixties. Had a gap between his teeth. He was quite. Um, he was quite a. Uh, he was the the cad. He was the kind of the the actor who played those kind of real cad characters in the uh, in those old sixties British movies. Um, so yeah, if you ever have the the, chat, the, the, the chance to have a look at Terry Thomas. He's a bit of a kind of stylistic hero as well. Okay. Um, have you guys ever come across a publication called The Chat Magazine? No, oh. that sounds like something I would Ooh. want to subscribe to. Oh, The Chap, yeah. So they've got online, they, they, they release, I think, um, three times a year that it comes okay. out. But The Chap Magazine, definitely one for you to have a look at. The Chap. Um, where a lot of The Chap. I'm surprised why that word is not used so often in the rest of the world like it's used a lot in uk um but it's not used at all do americans Definitely. use it dana no not really like maybe if we're making fun of british people <laughs> but definitely that is kind of if you want to see kind of british style and kind of british um you know 
classic British clothes and mm. stylish people, um, then definitely have a look at that um, because you'll you'll probably find lots of people that you'll want to contact and talk to in there as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but no, they're they're very interesting. I've done I did a um, done a few photo shoots with them. I did a, no, I did a, a, a photo shoot with them a couple of years ago. Um, but they also host an event every year in the UK called the Chap Olympiad. Oh, um, wow. They have a bunch of people taking part in caddish games, just silly over-the-top games like um, <laughs> having your butler carry your, 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 your martini glass. <laughs> and, a, um, yeah, it, it kind of taking a slap from a, giving a caddish comment to a woman who can, who can kind of take the slap the best. Um, <laughs> definitely definitely something to have a look into though it's a yeah it's a fine publication kind of sounds like a, something out of uh, archer <laughs> sounds something very dapper villainous yeah yes, i think i definitely think you'd enjoy it maybe we should uh we should make a trip and compete jay yes i i think going to uk going to the chap olympiad that team dapper villains that's yeah <laughs> definitely definitely it'd be I, I, it, I, I went once to it to the the big event and it chucked it down with rain and i didn't have a huge amount on in terms of that but it, when it's a sunny day central london it's a really nice kind of thing um to go along to but they also do events at various other places as well nice. and they're always very good fun maybe we have to start a bangkok uh bangkok branch of the chapel in here <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they'd be very interested to talk to you. <laughs> we'll have to reach out for sure. So I know you have a you dropped a new album in March, right, uh, Tom? Yep, that's right. It's yeah, a, quite you're working on some collabs. Yep. So working on some collaborations with with one with Tom Caradine actually, um, Caradine's Cockney sing along. Um, another with um, rather fantastic steampunk act, uh, Victor and the Bully. Okay. Um, Again, he's another very dapper chap. Um, Were you into steampunk before the character, or did you get into steampunk? I, I was aware of it, and I got very much embraced by the scene. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm particularly steampunky, but I yeah. kind of definitely tailor my look when I'm performing at those kind of events mm. um, and tend to go for kind of more of a bowler hat um, style thing with that kind of thing. So there is a slightly different interpretation of the uh, go yeah. for at steampunk events um it's I always a bit more get, victoriana I get a out of steampunk I, I mean i like the aesthetic of it but I don't, I don't know if you're a star trek fan i kind of think of steampunk as like if the borg assimilated like 1900s earth yeah no, that's exactly it that's exactly the, the thing he's going for oh, the, the interesting thing is it's endlessly creative because you can do whatever you want with it yeah um so it's uh it's it's really interesting thing. I played at a big one, um, a big event back in November um, at the National Space Centre in the UK, mm. um, which we do have a space centre, which oh, is really? crazy in um, in Leicester. Um, we played in the middle of there. It was myself, um, a chap called Mr B, the Gentleman Rhymer, who actually, again, he would be a, an interesting one for you to get in contact with. Mr B, the um, Gentleman Rhymer. Mr B, the Gentleman Rhymer. He is the founder of, of what he calls Chap Hop which is kind of a, a, a British chap take on um, hip hop music. Um, wow. And also another chap called Professor Elemental, 
um, who is far more kind of geared towards the steampunk scene. Um, but again, I've been kind of tied in with those two guys because they both dress up um, and do kind of the, the English gent kind of thing. Oh, and he, pl um, he plays a proper or not a proper banjo, a very small neck banjo. Angelelli as well. So yeah, he's been a big influence on. Well, that's a. I've got a picture of him here, but he's got. A, yeah, I guess it is a banjolele, but it's got a big pot. Okay, I, yeah, it, 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 he's got various different ones, I think. Uh, All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, and so playing at that event, just the costumes and the kind of the things that people were wearing was absolutely insane. So it kind of crosses over the whole. Um, geek culture thing, uh, you know, pop culture references within there. There were people dressed up as characters from sci-fi, um, but then tied across with kind of Victoriana style as well. Um, like steampunk It's cosplay. just really interesting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you do your steampunk take on various things. They had kind of a, a guy who had a steampunk R2-D2. Um, so it was kind of an R2-D2 kind of controllable r2d2 but it had been steampunked out with cogs and all of those kind of things um and then there was also a guy doing um tin type photography as well so there's a great they did a great picture of me i looked like something out of like deadwood like the actual deadwood they took a photograph of me in my bowler hat and my bow tie um and i just look i look like a criminal from the kind of from the wild west it's uh <laughs> nice do you know who Kim peel are I don't know. Uh, two comedians from America, but they did like a, a ghetto steampunk thing. That right. was just hilarious. <laughs> I love Kian Peel. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link. I don't want to explain it. Yeah, yeah. It won't come across as funny, but if I send it to you, you'll, you'll it's watch It's so sarcastic. It. You, yeah, it's, it's hard <laughs> to explain a Kian Peel because it's so... So good. I think you have seen him, but um, yeah. I probably would have, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link to the, the ghetto steampunk and you'll, you'll, you'll get a kick yeah. out of it. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, just, I can see how you fit into that, how you fit into that world, how you fit into that, that, that subculture. Yeah. I, I, I've also kind of been kind of taken in by kind of cabaret um, and burlesque things because it's quite an easy act to just put on stage in yeah. do kind of like two or three songs because it's just me with my band lately. Um, I can go on and do a couple of songs and then just go off and then you have a, somebody coming on and stripping. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of tied in quite nicely with that. So I've been doing a lot of kind of cabaret shows and things. Oh, as nice. Well. The cabaret, I mean, it's not so big here in cabaret is different in Thailand. Usually it's a, a lady boy show. Ah, okay. Yeah, says yeah. Cabaret. But uh, yeah, I, when I lived in, in the U S I went to a few uh, cabaret shows in, in New York and Cleveland that were like proper, like a, evening theater cabaret with a little bit of burlesque yeah. mixed in and not here you go to something called cabaret and it's you're like are those women or are those incredibly gorgeous men yeah. like, i remember i remember when i lived in brighton that the lady boys of bangkok were often often did pretty much every every few months that they were kind of they did a, a big show down in brighton so yeah, we went to see them, them a few times great they, show definitely a thing and then it's like uh, like oh what do you mean penis origami oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like some amazing thailand as the as the tourists yeah. ads say <laughs> but yeah, I yeah think right. uh, that makes sense the cabaret makes sense 
yeah, it's quite nice. Um, and then I was meant to be going on tour um, from April, early April through to kind of middle of May. Just in the um, UK or were you going to go international? Just in the UK, yeah, just in the UK. Um, but that had to get postponed until November now. And I, I'm not expecting to be playing any gigs now till probably Christmas. Okay. I would have thought. No, no Asia um, dates on the tour? Afraid not. Afraid not at the moment. Um, Jay, can you put, book him at uh, Sprezzatore Eleganza? Oh, for sure. I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like, I mean, he, that would be such a great show in my shop. Um, grand opening. What's the grand opening? Yeah. Grand well, opening I mean, is... Oh, sorry. Um, That's kind yeah, of... Grand opening of the shop. Well, um, if COVID lifts, uh, well, supposed to be first July, but um, maybe which not. is which is a few days from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing, the thing that's limiting me from being able to tour, obviously, can I work um, during the week? Um, but also, we've got an old dog who doesn't get on well with other dogs, oh. and we can't put her in kennels. So actually, kind of leaving her for any extended period of time, we feel I feel bad about now because she's uh, fourteen German Ooh. Shepherd, fourteen. That's all. Um, so she's she's getting on. So you want to kind of spend the last, in many ways, the whole kind of COVID nineteen lockdown thing, and meant we're spending a lot more time with our old dog, who I don't think is going to be around much longer, oh. um, which has been very nice. Um, even yeah, though she doesn't kind of quite nice. get while we're still around and still in the house, but. <laughs> So we have to wait for a little while before we can get Jada yeah. for uh, for Bangkok. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Because, uh, yeah, a world tour at some point. Spritzator Eleganza. That's so, the name of the shop, yeah, right, Jack? You're a married man, so it's going to be a different way of entertainment I provide you. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll take the, you to the dinner. The tour would change a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be a lot of spicy food instead of... Spicy food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jay will be like Dana. Can you take can you take Tom out? Yeah, you're, you're, I, I yeah. Go. <laughs> you and your wife, Dana. You take them out. I, I I've got something I got to pay. I'm already late. <laughs> I already paid for the hour. The definition of dapper villain. Yeah. Would you say you're a villainous? Villainous. I'd I'd I, I'd I'd caddish would be the word I'd use. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a villain. But I, I, I potentially call myself a cad or a bounder. You heard these terms before? No. no. <laughs> I was hoping Dana would have heard these terms, but okay, no. Now that the PhD guy doesn't know what it means, no. then I'm, so I'm, I'm in... Cads and bounders are uh, fairly um, cheeky, naughty uh, ladies' men um, who uh. misbehave a little bit, but are ultimately likable. Um, so yeah, cad and bounder are definitely terms that I I, I particularly like. We, we've sort of adopted yeah. villain and injected it into like where I think most people would consider an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely count cads and cad, cad and bounder hmm. are the the British equivalent probably of that. I would say definitely kind of in terms of the um the the, the kind of areas that I kind of work in. Nice. Well, Tom, right. we really appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. Where can people find out more about you, about your music, about what you're doing? Well, so you can you can find me on social media. So I'm um, Thomas Benjamin Wild Esquire on Facebook, at uh, Tomby Wild on Instagram, at Tomby Wild on Twitter, on YouTube, Thomas Benjamin Wild Esquire, 
I've also got TommyWorld.com is, is the website. And if you want to kind of listen to the music or download the music, and kind of purchase direct downloads, and you can do it through there. Or you can come and support me on Patreon as well, because I've got a Patreon community as well. There's all kinds of exclusive things nice. um, that I post on there. Um, I actually do a, a an interview thing where I kind of interview people that I work with on there as a regular basis as well. Oh, fantastic. Um, so, yeah. We'll have links to, to all that in the show notes. So make sure you guys check that out. If you listen this far on the podcast, there's no reason you shouldn't be. Great music. And we're also going to put a link down below. Uh, when we post this up, we'll put a link to the uh, I Have No More Fucks To Give <laughs> video that, that really turned me on to your music. So again, Tom, thank Brilliant. you so much. Well, thank you very much for having me. Everyone, until next time, stay dapper. Stay willingness. Oh, you! Oh, fuck you, Dana. We're supposed to do it like a twin at the same time. Yeah, I'm trying to throw you off. Thank you.